0: All right, welcome to another episode of Homestead Shop Talk Podcast. We're with Al from Lumina Acres. Uh, man, I was going to say my, my name. <laughs> uh, ben from Holler Homestead and myself, Jason, from Sofa Land. In <laughs> episode 32, in uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about um, uh, how many local farms would it take to feed your area? And so uh, we've came up with some uh, I guess there's some statistics out there, but we'll go through that later. And I thought that would be an interesting topic. Uh, and also, if that's even possible, you know, I don't know. Something to think about.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for for sure. sure.
0: So did anything, anybody have any exciting stuff this week?
1: I built our barn doors. I've been kind of putting that off and being leery about how that was going to be there. The door opening is 12 feet wide by just under... 10 feet tall. So I think Big our door, yeah. So we were making it into sliding barn doors is what I wanted to do. So I was just trying to bring so I'm like, okay, how do I make these? So there's no gaps because in the wintertime, I don't want to have a breeze coming through the doors, but how do you make them? So they're not super heavy and how do you make it? So it's easy, you know, to build it and everything, move it around and all at the same time, make sure it's square. So I had the idea of doing the angle iron. I finally got some angle iron made the frames, those came out well, and then we put tongue and groove pine going up and up 10 foot tall, glued them together, screwed them to the angle iron with wood to metal screws. And then we framed them out with one by four pine. And then what I guess you'd call it, we put a one by four piece of pine in the middle of the door, and then put a diagonal brace in each half. So when you shut the door it kind of looks like an x and i was impressed with how well that worked yeah the
2: they look did. good pictures. yeah yeah it looked real good those pictures were awesome
1: thank you i was just i was more concerned with like if they'd be strong if it'd be square if they'd be you know if it'd be hard to set them up like and stuff like that but i was impressed with how well that worked with the angle iron i guess a question for you ben because you worked with more steel i guess that was kind of one of my things like i have no idea about like what you can get for steel like dimensional lumber like yeah i know like two by fours two by six is rough sun lumber what you can get but angle iron like is or just steel in general like i don't know the the different kinds that they make so i called our local iron store and they were supposed to call me back they have a lady that runs the office and so she was like yep took my information I'm like well, this is what i'm looking for but let me know what you have and if you can get it i can take different sizes i really don't know what they make so like the following day, I got a phone call. Yep, your inch and a half by inch and a half angle iron's ready for you to pick up. So that was great. But I don't know if they make angle iron. So I got inch and a half by inch and a half. Do they make angle iron that's like inch and a half by like three and a half or inch and a half? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or... Absolutely. Yeah,
2: you can, get, you can get any size you want. Um, actually, I'll have to see if I can find it. I have a catalog. Like it's from a company uh, back in... California, where I always used yep. to get all my steel. But they had every size that they carried. And that's just what they carry. You know, there's custom okay. order stuff like that. But, I mean, the angle iron, you can get any size. You could get something with a half inch on one side and two inches on the other. It just depends on what you what you need. But, yeah, any any size you want, if you can dream it up, they, they probably make it.
1: They probably make it. It worked perfect inch and a half by inch and a half i think inch and a half by three or three and a half would at least on the top and the bottom rail would be cool or at least the top rail because the way that the mounting bracket for the barn sliding things come down your two top two bolts hit the angle iron, but then your bottom two are in just the wood so what i ended up doing is i just got a piece of eighth inch steel and just cut it out for behind it but if you could have your angle iron that whole top rail width of iron i think it would just make it a stronger door
0: that door is pretty yeah. much what i need to build yep it's almost the same size
1: that's why i was like i gotta figure this out and if it works good i'll have to tell jason how we did yeah. it so that way i mean i've been kind of <laughs> worried the whole time like okay am i gonna build this is it gonna be too heavy is it gonna bow is it gonna warp is, you know but really impressed with how they came out
0: wow so, yeah they look good,
1: good. Yeah. but that's the only yeah. thing i would do different i don't know if you would need to but if you could get the angle line for the top and the bottom rail a little bit wider on one side that would work out just to give you more meat but
0: yeah it's good
1: and then I ordered the barn door hardware on Amazon which I was kind of sketchy about (laughs) the The, track the track kit because anytime I've gotten the track I think it's national hardware that makes them but they're galvanized and I can't find them and I'm like everything we're doing in this barn is charcoal on the outside and black trim, so I'm like, I don't want galvanized hardware or rails. Okay. So Amazon had a Chinese, I'm sure it's Chinese-made rail system with the wheels and the sli- you know the sliders and everything. That works. I'm, it works better. I hate to say it, but it works better <laughs> than the national hardware stuff I've gotten in the past. and made doors with. It just uh-huh. slides so smooth. Must be in like a nice ball bearing. I don't know if they'll last. But as of right now, I mean, they just, they glide like butter. So I was impressed with that.
0: I thought you painted those.
1: Nope. (laughs) Nope. We bought them black. So, yeah. So next you'll have to make one. You were just saying last week, you got a welder. This is a good project to, to work on (laughs) one with. (laughs) Yeah. Cause how tall is your door? Is it 12 feet tall or is it 10 feet tall? 12 by
0: 12. It's 12 by 12, but the 12 by 12 door. It cannot be a slider.
1: So if you went two, could you do 12 and anything? then two, two, six feet wide doors and slide one, one way and one the no, other way?
0: No, because my roof, the pitch, of my, it'll hit my roof. Ah, gotcha. Um, I would have to bring it down to an eight foot tall door. Okay. If I brought it to an eight foot tall door, but then I would have to fill in the top part. Yep. And then I could slide two doors okay yep which i might do to one end of my barn because i feel like the, it doesn't need to be that tall but yep yeah it's the roof as it gets in the way that makes sense
1: they would have to open out and that's what they were before right it was hinge doors
0: yeah they were those destroyed big... when when i saw them they were just they were barely hanging on
1: those <laughs> some big doors they were heavy Cause that's what I was trying to like, do I do sliding doors? Do I do hinge doors? And like, either way, they're going to be huge. And like, just to, you'd have to have some big strap hinges on those. Those doors. Those
2: would be massive hinges. Yeah.
1: I don't even know where you'd get them. You probably have to blacksmith them up yourself. (laughs) Probably. Did you save the hinges off the doors you, you took down or Uh, they destroyed the hinges?
0: No, they were already kind of bent and they weren't that big. That's the thing. I think that's probably why Uh it didn't
1: work. Yep, um,
0: they weren't that big of a hinge, so I just I just cut a, I had to cut them out to get them down. Gotcha.
1: So I spent pretty much all week working on doors. They're they're <laughs> built, they're done, they're up. We shashiki bond them, which is awesome. They look really cool, but that takes so much time. I don't know if you guys have ever done any shishiki bonding. Oh yeah, bond. it takes a just, long time. Yeah. And then I'll so we'll broom it off. I'll suck off some of the charcoal dust or whatever you want to call it. But then I'll put um, wood sealer on and I mix it with the charcoal just to kind of get into the grooves. But it, and then it cleans it up so that way you don't get to worry about getting black hands all the time when you're touching the doors.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. But, yeah. you, do, you, do you get carpenter bees, out over there? I've never seen any. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that, you yeah, guys can tell
2: here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if it's not painted, they'll, they'll yeah. decimate oh, really? it. They will
0: really? drill holes into it they will bury in it they will like they will just start tearing
1: it up so when you guys are looking at our properties our houses down there that was one thing you had to watch out for
0: <laughs> well <laughs> you kind of forget about it in a way because right we have that i don't know if you guys saw that video i did of me putting in a new uh, door uh, in my log makeshift log cabin that's attached to my house yep Th- that it's all pine. So okay. when I first moved into the property, like the, as soon as summer came or even spring, it just got attacked by carpenter bees. Hmm. And I never I guess I never really thought of it cause we were in a mobile home and a mobile home has no wood. Right. Or our mobile home didn't. And, uh, so we never had that really had that problem, but our house just gets attacked in that spot. Uh, but what's funny is like our my barn, all my barns, they do not get attacked. Hmm. So Probably I don't know good. if it's the, the
1: wood, the yeah, I type of wood, yeah, different wood. they're made out of. I
2: watched I watched your video where you're putting in that door, and all I could yeah. see is like after you cut all that wood out, you could see the end grain, and I'm seeing all these carpenter bee holes like in the middle of these boards. It was like all those stupid bugs. Yeah, because they they I mean if you leave any piece of wood out. Within a season, it's going to be riddled with holes from those blasted carpenter bees. Like the, oh man. Like a giant.
1: Yeah, it's like a giant bumblebee.
2: Like a Japanese beetle. We're
1: going to look it up right now. I've never seen them. They don't sting.
2: They don't sting you? No. I got some pretty strong pinchers, though. They can pinch you if you grab them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they pinch really hard. You go out
0: there with a tennis racket? You could go to absolutely. (laughs) So it's kind of like a
2: mason bee almost. Uh, kind of. They're just way bigger. They're the size of a bumblebee. They actually look like a bumblebee, black and yellow like a bumblebee, but
1: they're a little bit different looking.
2: And man, they just destroy everything. Interesting.
1: We where I grew up, we had carpenter ants.
2: Oh, I hate those things too.
1: Yeah, we got those. Yeah, you got that's what we had growing (laughs) up. Where I don't. I've never seen anything up where we where I am now, but know, where wow. I grew up, we had the carpenter ants.
0: It's probably too cold where you're at, Al. That's probably yeah. why. Yeah, it's, it's
1: there's a good some good things about having the cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is
0: still snowing in your place, Al?
1: Uh, it's been so it warmed up a little bit. We had some rain, some snow, some slush. It was 32 ish today, and it's supposed to get down to four degrees tonight. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. So we've had a bunch of slush. So I went and plowed the slush off right before the podcast. Cause I'm like, it's kind of just all like slushy, you know, like footprints everywhere and you got the tire ruts everywhere. So I'm like, I'm going to plow this off now. So when it freezes, we're not having, you know, we're not tripping over our ruts and everything. So it's going to be chilly in the morning. You guys be been warm? I'm assuming if I've been in the forties, some of the days you must be in the sixties.
2: Hell man. It got almost up to seventies. This past week. Really? Yeah. It was terrible. Not ready for that kind of weather. (laughs)
0: Right. I know. I started, I noticed a fly in my house.
2: Yeah, that's (laughs) exactly, that's, it's like, man, I still got, I got one prosciutto getting ready to come out of the fridge and start its hanging process. It's like, we can't have flies yet. Like I can't lose, I can't lose a prosciutto to flies. I just, I'm not mentally prepared for that. (laughs)
1: Now could you put it in a game bag? Would that help? So
2: yeah, to we're, we're gonna pillowcase them. Um yep. we lost one last year, I believe. Um Ooh. and it was the same thing, you know, like January, February, it's cold, and then about the time that that you know, first month is over and they're ready to come out of the fridge and get hung up. I it was like March by the time we hung it up and we had eighty degree weather and you know the flies flies laid their eggs. They found a spot up inside and ruined ruined a whole prosciutto, which is a bummer. But you know it's one of those things. Like I'm glad it happened because now we can we can learn from it and move on. You know now it's like okay, well if I'm hanging prosciuttos that are quite uh, moist still and they need to you know hang and dry, absolutely they're going in a
1: pillowcase, tied up nice and tight. I couldn't imagine being '80s in in what did you, what month was that March? It was like March,
2: yeah. You know, and just for like a like a week, it was right, last last March. It was up. like just just a week. Uh, carpenter bees come out. The you start seeing wasps, like the the big queen wasps, looking for a place to build a nest. And then all of a sudden, it's cold again. It's back to cold and stormy. But yeah, the damage was done. Yeah. Speaking
0: of prosciutto, I finally ate my ham
1: this week yes yours has been hanging for just over two years
0: yeah it's probably been over two years now probably probably uh two years and like two months okay is i think it was way overdue um i felt like it was kind of dry um i don't know if it was too dry i mean we, we were eating it so to me it, it kind of like beef jerky like it almost shreds you could shred it like beef jerky Yep.
2: Um, yeah it's probably pretty dry
0: i mean i guess i am as i'm cutting into it though like because at first i was like man i'm just cutting into this thing i kept cutting and cutting <laughs> thinking that it was going to soften up on me and i guess it it does a little bit you know as, as i'm cutting into it softens up still, yeah a little bit but i still think it's pretty dry like beef jerky i mean it tastes fine though um, I, I definitely taste salt, but it's not like overpowering.
1: Now, did it's you not... have that in your mobile home? Oh, yeah, that... yeah, yeah. Did you ever have your wood stove going? I'm just wondering if like the wood stove drove dried it out quicker or something, or
0: that could be. I mean, yeah, we we definitely had our wood stove going. Um, also, if I remember though, those pigs that we butchered, they were Berkshire pigs. Um, I want to say that there was not a whole lot of fat on him for whatever reason. Yep. And maybe that has something to do with it. Um, yep. maybe there just wasn't a whole lot of fat. Um, but I mean, overall it, it turned out, you know, uh, it's kind of wild to think about. And I think back, you know, a lot happened in two years, you know, since <laughs> it, then. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah, no kidding.
0: I mean, we've we've butchered a lot of animals since, and we ate a lot of other weird foods since. And
1: you've, mo- you've moved.
0: We moved, and, and I think we're in a different space now, different, uh, you know, almost different mindset now than we were back then. Um, I don't know if I could have ate the ham back then if it was ready back then.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> but no, let me ask you this: Are, are you going to make any more of them? Did you like it enough to try again? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I definitely will do it. Uh, maybe try it with these coonies. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would try it again, but, but definitely do it. Oh, we tried that one time last year. We, we tried that one ham, but it, it got maggots on
2: us. Mm, Skivers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we did try it again, but it just didn't work out. So. But I think like you said, Ben, um, start the ham in, you know,
2: December. December, Yeah. Uh,
0: oh. don't wait. Cause I think we did that one in, uh, I think it was like March, uh, probably the same time you did yours in, uh, so I definitely do this like this ham that we did that we ate that one we did, uh, I think it was in around began December. So when we butchered those pigs, um, and that was our first time butchering and butchering pigs at our place. So, and that surprisingly, you know, a first time doing it, butchering pigs and first time carrying a ham and it actually came out. That's why I was like, I don't think this is going to come out. You know, usually your first time doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> it's not the right, you know, it's not correct, <laughs> yep. but yeah. Yeah. We had some of those good It was good. I'm happy we did it. Um, You know, I don't know. I definitely try it again though. I, I think that's what makes it all interesting. You know, the anticipation of it, of seeing if it's going to turn out and then how, what is it going to taste like? And, uh, just the whole idea of it is pretty cool. I think.
1: Yep. I got a new smoker coming. So I ordered. You have a new new... smoker? Yeah. I got one coming One. I don't know when it's going to show up. It's supposed to be here by Christmas, but it hasn't got here yet. But I ordered some new smokehouse books. So gonna have oh, brand to brand Smoker. It's coming from Romania. Oh, um, it's the company that reached out to me and they make them over there. And they are trying to or they're going to start importing them into the US. They're asking if I there's actually, if I would like one, but originally they would, they were only going to be importing the smoke chamber. So I think that's why they reached out because I had built that a wooden smoker. So I think they they reached out they're like, "Hey, well, send you a smoke chamber and you can just modify the smoker that you have." Um and then they were like, "Oh, we found a way and we're, we're importing them completely into the US." This was over I think I've been talking with this company for a year year and a half now. So it's been quite the process. So it's it's last I knew it was in the US. So I'm waiting to get a phone call from the shipper it's pretty wild trying to think i'll get the name of the company so it's d-r-e-v-o-s international they're on instagram and they're in i think it's romania and it's like they smoke meats over there like that's what they do like you can buy a smoker you can start smoking meats in your backyard and you can go sell them is what it looks like like you can sell the smoked meat like it's not regulated like this is what people do for like a side business and stuff i'm like this would be awesome to get hooked up you know because i'm sure they have recipes and they probably have the knowledge that we're lacking over here in the us because they still do it all it'd be kind of interesting to see how how it goes once i'll talk with the, the guys and try to get different recipes and different things and so they so may make...
0: when, when you say smoke chamber what does that mean what is that exactly
1: so it's they're not just hot smokers they're cold smokers too and so it, it goes on the side uh, it could go on the side of the smoker And it, it uses, they use pellets, wood pellets to do it. So you
0: feed it in there and then the smoke goes through
1: the pipe into the smoker. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So they, they have different heat settings and stuff. They have, they made them now. So they're, we're not getting this one, but they have the ones where it's all like computerized. So it's like an old world looking smoker wooden one with a stainless steel inside they have, and it's the, the one we're getting is not computerized, but they have ones that are computerized, with like a touch screen. And they must have like all their recipes programmed in it and you just like press it and and forget it basically for what their recipes are. But they're like, we don't have a big enough network or really a network in the U S yet. So if anything breaks, it's going to be a pain to get it diagnosed and get it Mm -hmm. fixed. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm like, that makes sense. I can't, I can't say no about that. So yeah. But it's like, I was like, that'd be pretty slick to have like their recipes already programmed into the smoker. (laughs) I'm hoping they they send a cook, a smoke book, whatever you'd want to call it, a recipe book, but we'll find out. That'd be cool. When do you think you'll use it? What's that?
0: When do you, when do you
1: think you'll use it? So we saved the pork belly from our pigs when they went to the butcher shop this year, so we have that for smoking. And then we haven't butchered the lamb yet. So when, when that shows up, we'll. We'll have to figure out some smoked lamb recipes. We have our pond that's stocked with trout. So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to trying is some smoked trout. That's going to hopefully open up a whole new world with delicacies.
0: You got to try all these different things now. I hope so. That's the plan. I mean, when you grow all this food, it's like you get tired of just the standard stuff. <laughs> Man, aim into that. <laughs> you got to try smoking, all these smokers <laughs> you got to try and pellets and flavors and stuff. Caring <laughs>
1: you yeah. take it to the next level yeah
0: so this week it rained this week right
1: yeah for like four or
2: five days it oh you guys got more good. rain Wow yeah, it rained pretty good started raining yesterday. Tuesday and didn't stop till what Sunday it's been sunny now
0: but um but we got pretty good rain so we didn't get as much stuff done this week as I would hoped or I planned um my father-in-law and mother-in-law was, were here this week helping us out do stuff but of course it rained when they're here so <laughs> you know well let's break into this ham you know so
1: <laughs> what did they think th- of it uh,
0: they liked it my cool. father-in-law had some and um, Randy and, uh he liked it I mean he was just like yeah tastes like salami <laughs> uh, but honestly I think it's it's all mental like <laughs> <laughs> It's home in your mind. Like, you're right. like, man, is this, is this, does this taste good? You know,
1: do I really like this? You know, I'm told you're right? not supposed to be able to do this kind of stuff. You're not supposed to be able to eat raw meat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's going to kill you.
0: Yeah. And then I woke up the next morning. We woke up in the morning. and I was like, hey. We we didn't. Uh, you survived. Survive.
1: Right. <laughs> we didn't die.
0: I didn't get sick last night. Did you? No. Oh, wow. <laughs> we didn't have to go
1: to the ER.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we didn't get as much stuff done, but we did get a, a portion of our fencing done, um, which I'm happy about. And then uh, we're going to continue forward with this fencing thing. And then, but we, you know, since it was raining too, we we put in a door in um, our um, mudroom which is it's a huge it's, it's basically it used to be my carport or a carport to the house that we bought but some somebody really wanted a log cabin so they enclosed <laughs> the whole carport into a log cabin but the thing is with our house it doesn't have a back door and so every time we go out chores go outside we had to go through
1: our front door so or through a door through our mudroom Nowhere else in the house had a back door. No. So the the whole farm, like, because it was a farm before, so anybody who had the farm before, they had to go out the front door to get to the the backyard for the farm. Yep. And you think, yeah. Yep. And huh.
0: so that that bugged us. I guess we got used to it, but it still kind of was like kind of weird because every time you go out the front door, you know, our neighbors see every time we come in and out. <laughs> 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 and so put it in, the, I had this back door, hang. I mean, we bought this door, like when we first moved. So it's probably two years old. It's been sitting in this mudroom, uh, waiting for me to install it. <laughs> um, so finally we did, we got the nerve to, to install it in this log cabin. Cause it's not your average doorway that you have to, that you're putting it in. Um, right. so that took a little bit of thinking about, but it wasn't too bad. Um, I still have to frame, uh, or, um, yeah, frame it in, um, or trim, uh, trim work on it, um, and then also pop in a window, but, but now we have a back door, which I'm excited about, but having a, a big mud room is super helpful. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's like our catch all for everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's helpful, but it also could get a mess too at the same time. <laughs> right man you need just a mud room a, out here yeah all the rain we get too. man yeah our shoes and like we just put boxes in there and you know when we're taking out the trash throw the trash in there and like take it out but um having a big mud room man, man it's, it's, it's so nice uh so we at least got that done that's about it and then hopefully i could get up on this fencing uh this week since it's going to be sunny
1: you guys gonna be warm this week or is it cooling back off looks like it's gonna cool off yeah it's
2: like i think sunny though yeah we're supposed to get down into like the 20s overnight um but then like 50s during the day and sunny i was very happy to see the sun today it was it was nice after
1: four or five days we're getting some sun tomorrow we're looking forward to it we haven't had sun in a few days it's been pretty dreary here rainy and snowy and yeah cloudy
2: so what'd you get into this week, man? Was On the subject of cured meats, uh, did another round of cure- smoking some bacon. Uh, you know, I did the pellet smoker thing for a while, and it's like horribly convenient. But man, see, I, I went down the rabbit hole of smoking meats and stuff like that uh, like 10 years ago. Uh, you know, they say the, the joke of when you turn 30, you either learn how to smoke meat or learn about like world war two or something like that. I guess (laughs) like that was, I went down the smoking path and, uh, uh, but I did it. I, I think I was about 25 when I got into it. And I, I mean, I got twisted off in smoking. I got real good at it. Like we had a lot of really good, slow smoked food. Well, uh, I've found that compared to natural, like real wood smoke, like you can't hold a candle to it. I've had I've had some pretty good stuff cooked on a pellet smoker, but man, just something about wood smoke. It, it's just such a stronger, earthier flavor. So I rigged up my my smoker I have to uh, cold smoke, and so I cold smoked this bacon for like it ended up being like sixteen or eighteen hours. I just wanted <laughs> I wanted a lot of smoke flavor on this bacon. Uh, yeah, mission accomplished. Uh, if we bring if we bring that bacon in the house, the whole house smells like smoke. Like I, uh, I t- finished up smoking it, ended up taking two days to smoke. Like I smoked it, ran out of daylight, picked it up the <laughs> next day, continued smoking it, and I went and put that stuff in the the fridge. I walked in the the shed where the the fridge is, and I could smell it with the door closed. It was like wow, it smells really smoky. It smells good, but really smoky. Uh, and then, you know, of course I brought it in the house and sliced it, you know, we're dealing with all this rain and it was like, this is actually perfect. Like I can slice bacon. I can get all, get all that all dealt with. And so I, I did that a couple days this past week. Uh, and it's pretty good stuff. Uh, I, I've been smoking on nothing but cherry. Uh, I really, really like the, the sweet flavor of cherry. So yeah, it's, uh, Pretty pretty good stuff. I don't know if I'll smoke stuff for you know 18 hours again because it's almost overpowering. I'll have to like give it to someone because after you've smelled smoke for a long time, it's almost like you smell it again. And you're just like I don't even want to eat this. But you know we've had it. You know there's been a couple days in between where we didn't eat bacon and we got some out and <laughs> I tried it and it's like actually it's not too smoky now. So I'll have to have to give somebody some bacon and be like, how's it taste? Is it too smoky?
1: Or is it just me? Uh, now, is that all the bacon? Or do you have more you still need to cure and smoke for the year?
2: <laughs> uh, this is about maybe an eighth of the bacon that I need to really deal with. Okay. So, so you have a lot so, of bacon still. Yeah, we got a bunch of bacon. I probably have another 100 pounds of bacon in the freezer. Maybe more. Wow. Uh, yeah, probably more than 100 pounds of bacon. There's probably 200 <laughs> pounds, now that I, if I'm honest. There's uh, worse
1: problems to have.
2: There is worse problems to have. Uh, actually, one of the cured meats I've always wanted to do is I I really want to get into making pancetta. And yeah. pancetta is one of those ones that like, you really have to be on with your recipe and your curing and stuff like that. Because, uh, well, if you roll your pancetta. So, I don't know. I might take a couple of those bellies and turn them into, you know raw bacon if you will pancetta is pretty good stuff so uh and then you know the exciting thing we did this weekend was we uh sunday it finally quit raining so me and a friend got together and took out a couple trees that are right up next to our house to make room for this addition i'm getting ready to start and uh it's really fun taking down trees but it's not very fun when they're 10 feet from your house you know, nice. and pretty tall, like <laughs> if they if they fell on the house, they would just fall through the house, so we uh yeah, we went to harbor Freight and got some heavy duty tow tow straps, strapped up these trees, and pulled them with the tractor, and that's the way to take down a tree you you don't even have to be accurate with your saw cut, it's just going as soon as you cut enough of that tree, but so, yeah, we uh, we took out these trees. Me and the boys spent all day today trying to dig out uh, one of the stumps. And uh, we we are going to bed with a failed mission. We were not able to get <laughs> one of these stumps out. So I'm probably just going to hack it off level with the ground tomorrow and call it good. We worked on that thing all day and still couldn't yank it out of the ground. Wow.
1: Now they oak trees that were right close by the house.
2: Yeah, they're oak trees. So, yeah, that was pretty much my week. My weeks are always, whenever it rains, we film so much outside that when it's raining, it's like, well, what do we film? Like, we're not doing anything outside. So, like, there's only so much, like, mealtime we can film before it's like, this is kind of repetitive. But, yeah, that's yeah. that's how it goes. Cameras and water don't mix.
0: no. I, I know it's hard
1: they don't like the cold either the batteries last like a quarter yeah. of the time as they normally yeah. any below
0: <laughs> hey I have a question for you Ben um, what, what's do you know is there like a certain weight like as far as the the cured ham because that you're supposed to lose um, because I lost so it's great this is what's great about filming the stuff that you're doing because you have footage and and like documents of what you did. So I have like all my old videos. I was just looking through them and it, that hand weighed 16 pounds. Um, when we hung it first, hung it up and when we bit into it, it was eight
2: pounds. Wow. So it lost 50%. Yeah. Yeah, you I don't know if that's good or
0: bad or or what.
2: Y- yeah, that's that's really dry. Um you're only okay. supposed to lose 40% between 30 and 40% is what you're aiming for. Um but at 40% they are ready to eat. Okay. Um that's the what reason I kind of the, thought The reason for that is because once you've lost, you know, your 30-40% weight um there is no longer enough moisture in that ham for bacteria to breed. So, I mean, if 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 that thing lost half its weight, I bet it was like a it's like a pe- chunk of plastic,
0: like a leather shoe, <laughs> <laughs> a very dry
2: leather shoe. We're eating this. We're eating this. <laughs> That's. Uh, learning how to do this from the uh the hand-hewn farm guys uh they really because you know you have these fears it's like am i gonna get botulism and die like am i gonna be eating rotted meat and all that and they really they put me they put my mind at ease i was like well how do you tell if it's bad And they're like oh no you'll know if it's bad because it's gonna change color it's gonna start stinking like a dead piece of meat and there's gonna be maggots (laughs) everywhere i was like oh right Oh, I guess that is a good point. And then I asked him, I was like, well, what if it has like botulism? And they explained the the weight loss. That's why you, you be pretty meticulous, weigh the piece of meat, write it on a tag, leave it with the piece yeah. of meat, write your target weight. And as long as that tag stays with that, you know, leg or whatever, you know, you've got peace of mind. And so that that's really what it did for me doing it, the uh, equilibrium method. It's just peace of mind for me. So, when it so if you have the thing
0: hanging there in your house and you're weighing it all the time just to kind of check the weight, and if it gets down, if you're at 40% of its weight and it's you
2: know a year, then it's ready. Yep. Yep. That's so like these hams we've got, I'll just use this as an example. We did our first hams two years ago, uh, and I would say they were probably about 50% fat because now that we finally cut into them, there's a lot of fat on them. So the fat doesn't lose the weight. And so we're weighing these things at a year and they haven't lost, they'd lost like 25%. I was like, well, okay. And so we ended up waiting another year at the two year mark. They had not changed since like the first time we'd weighed them, you know, maybe just a tiny bit. And so we asked the hand hewn guys, it was like, Hey, like, you know, is this fine? And they're like, they said, it's probably the fat. It's the fat doesn't lose weight because it's not water. It's fat. Mm -hmm. And so when we finally cut into them, they were actually too dry. You know, they were two years old and quite dry. Uh, But the further in you go, they're pretty, uh, pretty soft still. Not like raw meat soft, but like you can actually cut it instead of needing like a, a sawzall to cut it. But yeah, now we've got our ham we did last year. It's it's right at a, a year. And it also had a lot of fat, but not as much. And it looks like in two months, it'll probably be right at the 40% mark. So it just depends on the piece of meat. It depends. The ones that we've hung in the barn actually have lost more weight. And I think it's because of like a humidity thing. I, mm. I think the ones in here are... Uh, drying differently because it's a climate controlled environment. Yeah. so interesting.
1: Hey, it's a rabbit hole, man. Yeah. yeah you, look, you look it up and right now some things are saying four to five months. Some things are saying at least 400 days. Other things are saying from a year to three years. So yeah,
0: there's a lot of depend depends just like farming and everything else. It depends. Yeah.
2: Right, It depends.
0: <laughs> so cool. So let's get into this topic. How, what are, what are, uh, how much food do people consume?
1: <laughs> All right. So a quick research it says the average person eats 1,996 pounds of food in a year. So roughly one ton, 630 pounds of that is dairy, which would be milk, yogurt, cheese, ice cream, etc. around 225 pounds of meat. So that'd be beef, pork, chicken, Turkey. 197 pounds of grain 273 pounds of fruit 415 pounds of veggies 141 pounds of sweetener 85 pounds of butter fats and stuff like that that's a lot seen it listed out like that it is I don't know why I was thinking that it was like what would it take to feed a community or a town or you know like and we, I should look up, let's look up really quick. How much do you think of U.S. food is imported?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Let's see. All of
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> we grow a lot of food. Wow, that's, a, how, take a guess. I'm surprised at what it is. This is from 2023. In how much do we import? Yep. I don't know. How many a percentage. Uh, how much do you think? 30%. 15%. Wow. Really? That's, that's actually FDA,
2: that's good news.
1: Yeah, to help meet the consumers' demands, the United States imports about fifteen percent of its overall food supply. I'm gonna have to look into that more because I would think we would. I would have thought it'd been more. Right. I would have thought it would have been a lot higher. Yeah. A lot of those, you know, we grow a lot of corn and stuff like that out in Nebraska, Iowa, but a lot of that's all for ethanol. So. Hmm but that's that's comforting to know that we only import 15% of our food. Well, I know, I think what's
2: weird is every time I go to the grocery store if we look for organic vegetables, I pick them up and they're all grown within you know 20 miles of where we left. So that's kind of weird. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything has a label and it's grown in like Kern County, that's the county we used to live in. It's just kind of weird being all the way in North Carolina and picking up a, you know, a package of Swiss chard or something and it's like, "Oh hey, it's got our old area code on it." How about that? I wonder what the main food is though.
0: What what's what's most of that 15%? I don't
1: know. We have to dig deeper to find out what exactly cuz that's not coming up easily.
2: Well, can we can we talk about what it would actually take for like local farms to feed your your area? Like, I know yeah. our, our immediate area, our county, has like 65,000 people. What would that look like?
1: Like, yeah, think our, about that. That's what I was thinking. Our town has like around 6,000 to 6,500 people. So what would, it, what would it take? And so this is what I was thinking. What would it take to feed that? And then while I was thinking of that, how many farms? So for us, I was thinking town. How many farms, like legit, not want to say legit farms, but like farms, that sell to the direct to the consumer are in your county or in your town. We have none, which is kind so of crazy no, to none. think about. And we
0: the, actually... there's some,
1: there's some we're around now, in other now. towns, but in our, in our town, hmm. there is not one farm that I can think of that is direct to consumer. Like you could mm. just drive there and like, I mean, there's some, that are going to have eggs. There's some that are going to have a little Honey. bit of stuff, Yeah, yeah. right but there's not like one farm like there's a farm in the next town over that they do a CSA. They grow pig, they do, you know, they do pork, they do beef, they do vegetables, but there's nothing like that in our town, which is kind of crazy.
2: So we do have some, some small farms that are doing that. Like, you know, our, uh, our raw mi- our raw milk dealer. Um, <laughs> right. like the way I met them was I bought like pork chops from them at a farmer's market. Um, and it was just like, it, it was cool because it's like, hey, this is a local farmer. He lives in this community and like he's selling the pork. He's, you know, selling the raw milk. Um, but it was cool. <laughs> now, I will say there's like our farmer's market's kind of sad. Like there's not enough food at our farmer's market. But it could be one of those supply and demand things. If people aren't willing to go buy their vegetables mm-hmm. from the farmer's market, then you're not going to have someone who's wanting to bring vegetables to the farmer's market that they're not going to sell. So, I don't know. It's, I think there's definitely a market. Uh, it's just like a consumer education thing in our area, I think. I don't know. I could be way off. I think people
0: don't wanna they want to hear their why or they can't afford to buy the farmer's market groceries
2: you can't compete with the grocery store yeah that that's (laughs) that's the thing i've seen is like unless you are searching out the kind of meat like you know all of us are growing organic uh you know we we choose to buy soy free uh feed for our animals because we try to avoid soy in our own diets uh if you find that somewhere else like you're gonna pay a premium for it But it's the, how bad do you want that for yourself? Like, are you gonna pay that that high price? Well, for us to eat that way, it's honestly cheaper to just do it ourselves.
1: Right, if you're looking for good food, it's cheaper to grow it yourself. Where if you're looking for cheap food, it's cheaper to go to Walmart. Yep. Sure. (laughs) The U.S. imports 60% of fresh fruits and 40% of the fresh vegetables available to the U.S. I would say that's probably the majority of what we import. Mm -hmm. So then I was fruits and veggies fresh, Mm. but then I was just thinking you were saying raw milk dealer, you can kind of see why raw milk is illegal. If, what did I say? What was the number? 630 pounds of what American eats. So what's that a third of what an American eats a year is dairy. So. I can see that that'd be one of the reasons why they want to lock up that industry because there's probably a lot of money that goes through the dairy industry. If they can keep a cartel control over that, then (laughs) they got a lot of money they can keep in their pocket.
0: (laughs) It's pet milk. It's pet, it's pet food, pet food for animal (laughs)
1: consumption. only. I
2: mean,
0: I think if, if say if like for farmers, to feed your say town or whatever, um, I would think that the c- consumer would have to eat more seasonally. You know, they're not going to be able to eat
1: tomatoes in, in January. Winter. Yeah. Let's. Well, so what did you say? You have 6,500 people in your county? Thousand, 65,000. Oh, 65,000. It's a big County. That's a big County. So we have 6,000 people in our town. That's like 12 million pounds of food a year. That's a lot of food to grow.
0: That's a lot of food. I don't know what, like a small farm, how much food they produce.
2: Okay. I'm going to use my friend Casey as an example. Casey is a market farmer and it it is incredible. He's, I think he's got like, what does he have? Seven, eight acres, something like that. And almost 100% of this acreage is in production. Um, All high tunnels. (laughs) <laughs> all high tunnels. Uh, but the amount of food he produces is insane. Like, it is incredible how much he produces on this this land. And he's just he's just grown vegetables. Um, he's got his greens. He's got his, you know, all that stuff. Well, he does farmer's markets. They're at two different farmer's markets every weekend. And, I mean, dude is killing it. Uh, so, you know, obviously there's demand. But I think it gets back to you know if people are wanting it, they're gonna search it out, so if you've got the market for it, you've also got to put yourself out there that kind of situation, but I guess what I was trying to say with that thought was uh usually they don't bring a whole lot back, so yeah knowing knowing how much food he produces i I actually need to go do a video at his place and to see if I could get some numbers from him. Like how many thousands of pounds a week do you sell?
1: Yeah. And I, I, I out, like, bet what you. It'd be, it'd be interesting, you know, like what he does in a year. Uh, probably millions of pounds. Like he's, yep.
2: it's unbelievable how much stuff he grows and sells. It's like we bought yeah, some. He's not that some,
0: big compared to. Other
2: yeah. Ones. Compared to like a mega farm. He's just a market gardener.
1: But I mean, he's you on. Wonder how much, you wonder how much more efficient they are in there you know what i mean per square foot now do they have so casey's what a couple of hours from you guys then do they have about an hour do they have year-round farmers market in his area that he goes to
2: yeah yeah Yeah, he does the uh charlotte farmers market which is a pretty big one i think they do the the hickory farmers market um and he does on-farm pickups too you know, using him as a size. There's there's farmers around here that they do a lot of meat. Um Jason, I think you did a a video at one of the local farmers that they do a lot of meat. Was that Colfax? Yep,
0: Colfax Creek Farm. He does mostly meat. He's at Charlotte Farmers Market too. Yeah, they're practically right next door to each other like at the market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't know how much he. I did a video with him, but I haven't, uh, I didn't ask him like, how many pounds of meat do you raise a year? That might be a good question to ask people though. If they know that, I don't know if they know that number,
1: but. So basically, I mean, meat wise, it's, it's pork, beef, chicken and everything. But you figure if somebody just ate beef, one cow would feed two people a year. If you, if they average out 500 pounds of meat. What they say the average is, which would make sense if you're going to a regular butcher shop. So it'd be interesting if you could get the numbers more like what's the, and I'm sure it changes for everybody. So it's hard to know, but like how much chicken do I would think that probably the higher the number is probably chicken that people eat nowadays versus oh, yeah. beef and then pork. Pork's going to be a good amount, but I wouldn't think, I'm, I bet you I would think it'd be poultry, beef, and then pork. I don't know. It seems like it would be that.
0: We might be surprised. Right. I don't and think we, people are eating goat here in the U.S. like they do in other countries. Yeah. yeah, goat's like number one
2: meat in other countries.
1: I think in the world it's rated number one state, Yeah, which is crazy because, yeah, I don't think it's really eaten at all in the U.S. I like goat. Yeah. I think goat's delicious. What about quail?
0: No. <laughs> I've never had quail. quail. Quail's too little.
1: Have you guys ever had quail eggs? Oh, yeah. We had them, yeah. It's a lot of work. <laughs> That's what I've always thought. <laughs> yeah, you need scissors.
0: You need scissors to cut them, proper. Proper. <laughs> yeah, they sell special quail cutting egg Qu- scissors. Yeah,
2: quail egg little guillotine scissors. <laughs> yeah, we uh, someone gave us like I don't know, it was like twelve dozen quail eggs, and we had to cook like. Oh, I don't know five dozen of them just to feed us breakfast one morning. It was like, yeah, quail aren't for us. Maybe if it was just the two of us, right? Yeah, snip five dozen eggs just to get an omelet. It was pretty ridiculous. A specialty item.
1: But I just always thought it'd be interesting to figure out what it would co- what it would take for to support a community with local food, and if it could be done nowadays.
2: I'm sure it could. Uh... I think the real thing is uh, you'd see a community a community support system spring up if you could get rid of the Walmarts.
0: Yeah, and the community have to really want it. Yep. Majority of people have to really want it. And I that's the so. hard
1: sell. <laughs> yep. Have you guys ever watched Wartime Farming, a Wartime Farm that it was like a reenactment of over in England for World War II.
2: Yeah, I think we watched that this past summer. It was a really good show.
1: Yep. I think I think that's on our list, but
0: there's other ones. I think it's about the same people. I've seen like a Victorian farm, Edwardian farm, or something like that. Okay. Uh, and they actually wear like it's a reenactment,
1: right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, like period correct. Yeah. Yeah, they, they actually wear the
0: clothes. And I think even they though... did it
1: for a year. Like, I think it was an ex more of a, like an experiment. It was a long yeah. time process. It wasn't just like a, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I think the people are like historians or something, aren't they? Like,
2: they, yeah. they're not just regular people yeah. off the street. Right. Yeah. They're like big, big time historians, like experts yeah. on the subject. Yep. That's pretty
1: neat. Cause I think it was 30% of the food England was importing during World War II, they got cut off. So they had to learn how to, or they had to start growing all their own food. Yep. And rationing and everything.
0: That'll make you really want it.
1: Yep, (laughs) Yeah.
0: You get forced to, you need forced to, forced to do it, because you have no other choice.
1: I mean, they were nook and cranny farming and everything. You know, they were, any little nook and cranny, they were farming, they got big into herbs. They would grow their own herbs for, I forget what what kind of herb it was, but that's like how they got Tylenol there's some herb that they use for pain relief and it was kind of pretty interesting and they got into i, I my eyes were over to a lot of different things we, i watched that i think like in 2014 and gasification engines i don't know yep. if you ever my viewers, that's mm. kind of yeah i'd like to build a gasifier one day me too to learn how to make your own natural gas kind of i guess is the easiest way to explain it to people that don't know what it is it's a good old wood gas.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting to... I think that'd be cool to do a, a TV show like that, to be part of something like that.
2: Yep. That'd be really cool.
0: I just want to try those different equipment that they used back then.
1: <laughs> that must be like where... Was it BCS? Because that's all from England, BCS equipment. I want to like how that was all designed, was back then doing all the nook and cranny farming. I mean, they were trying to get every square inch that they could to grow on. When you think about it, England, I don't, square footage-wise, I don't know how big it is, but it's like, if you think about it, pretty small, and to all of a sudden go, oh, man, we have to grow our own food if you're not used to doing it all. I've always Sweet. wondered, like, different areas, like, you guys are down further south, you can grow more food, and, like, we're more f- further north, so we can't grow, we can grow f- a decent amount of food, but we ha- we're limited on what we can and how long of our growing season is, so I'm like, they must have been a lot more carnivore-ish up here and like meat and potato diets, where like oh, yeah. your area, I would think you guys would probably, they must've been eating a lot of greens and stuff in the springtime or early springtime, March. you try to be able to start growing greens if you wanted to and.
0: A lot of okra.
1: A lot of okra. <laughs> <laughs> a lot
0: of tomato sandwiches. A lot of radishes.
1: <laughs> Ooh, the quick crops, rutabagas.
2: Turnips.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: All right, I think we'll end it on that note. We'll save everything else for next week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I appreciate everyone listening and watching these podcasts. Um, If you have not, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and like it and share it with your friends. And go rate us on iTunes and and share that too. And uh, we appreciate it and hope everyone has an awesome week. And we'll see you guys next week.
1: See you guys next week. Catch you later.